Hey, Doug. Hey, Karen. Hey, listeners. How's it going? Here we are on the block. The block. The block. Oui, oui. Hey. Crazy, crazy happenings the past week or so. So, um, forgive our tardiness, but we are now ready to do season six, episode nine, Attack of the Scalpel Woman. That's right. Yeah. So, just some scheduling things happened last week and uh, ended up not being able to regroup until now. But here we are, as as your podcast app is no doubt letting you know by the way i did one of those uh iphone updates over the weekend and suddenly my podcast app wasn't working and i was like oh no what's gonna happen because a i listen to podcasts when i'm at the gym and i'm like if i don't have something to distract myself what am i gonna do how am i even gonna be able to do two seconds on a treadmill if i have to focus on the fact that i'm on a treadmill and then b same same i was i was like also like are these things just gonna keep piling up so i ended up talking to someone from apple and well first of all someone at the apple store where i went in person was rude he's like we don't have any appointments you have to call so it's like we'll be fine um and the person on the phone was basically like so you're gonna have to delete it and then reinstall it and you won't lose your data because you know, it's all still in the cloud but um but i did kind of lose some of the podcasts that i had because it's a new, it's an updated interface, so I can't even tell all of the things that I was used to seeing in certain places, but, but I could tell that, like, and because I haven't been listening to them with the same speed I was pre-pandemic, when I could listen to them at my desk during the workday and when commuting, I don't really right. do that when I sit at home. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that I lost, but there's stuff that was from, like, March, April, May, June, July, 2020, so it's like... There's only so many recaps and promotional interviews that I was ever going to really care about one to two years later. So in the end, it's okay. But for those of you, if you've ever lost any of your podcasts and wasn't sure if you could get them back, I sit here as tribute that it's okay. It's yeah, okay. I, I, I know that there's a new interface, right? But I don't. it doesn't really look all that much different. What it does, I think, is promote more things that I don't subscribe to. Like, I see a lot of sections that say, like, if you like, you may also like, or other suggestions. And it's and it's like, that's nice, but I just want to be able to see what what's uploaded for me. And there used to be several sections that would do that, that you could say, like, keep listening to this, or these are the most recent uploads, or I could listen to, like, let's say I had 10 back on the block podcast downloaded and I could see all of them and go from one to another sequentially. And now I have to like seek them out. Dig for it. Yeah. Yeah. They're there, but I don't see them immediately. And if I get, you know, like 50 new podcasts a day, those will very quickly be hidden. So not really the end of the world and not really, I know what all you guys wanted to tune in for, but there was a semi happy ending there that I wanted to build to. Okay. So now we're back to <laughs> season six, episode nine attack of the scalpel woman which uh karen and i were both talking about it's now been about a week or more since we've watched the episode it's a little rusty in our memory but we will all do our best working together and working off of my notes to to try and make sure that we don't miss a beat for you 
Okay, so, and before we started, I was I was telling Doug, I had this epiphany when I, like, right after I watched this ep- episode, and the, about, like, oh, well, season six is, is like, or whatever, or this episode or something, and I lost it, but I think it's starting to come back. Okay. So we have I, a whole episode to, to go through. So I bet this, I bet this metaphor, I bet this analogy is, is on its way back. That's what it, I think. Yeah, and actually it has to do with season four. Oh. I'm not sure that that's great, but okay, we'll get there. Yeah, we're going to get there. Okay, so I think we have three main threads again, which seems to be where we've been the last couple of weeks. A lot of a lot of our cast members are firmly entwined, even if it's not that exciting. Yeah. I think we can do... I think we can do, like, the main story which involves a lot of Peter and Michael and Megan. Or we can do some Jennifer, Sam, Craig, Billy stuff. Why don't we get them over with first? Because this is just, you know, we hate them. Done. That's all. We hate them. Goodbye. No, there's a little bit more than this. And it kind of drives me crazy because uh, I think we'll get to this. They do something that I think is uh, like so stupid and ham-fisted, but we'll get to it. Um, was it the bowling? No. That was stupid. Too. There's something else that they introduce. Okay. Uh, so Jennifer is complaining to Sam that she and Craig connect, but only physically. Um, and she insists that he is the one because he has to be because she's invested too much in him as a project. <sighs> um, and then Jennifer sees in Craig's office that he's gotten an invitation to Billy and Sam's wedding. Um, she basically demands that they go together. Um, and then also finagles, uh, like a double date for Billy and Sam and Jennifer and Craig to all go bowling together, as you mentioned. So all of a sudden they're besties. Yeah. Despite all of their very recent history involving, you know, uh, boardroom betrayals and dead newlyweds. And dead lives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now all of a sudden they are hanging out like, oh my God, who was it that um, Billy and Allison would hang out with? Uh, Jake and Jane. Was it Jake and Jane? Yeah, it's like now we're getting that buddy, that buddy business They're going. They're trying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and but. Again, remember, Sam is the one who's really responsible for dead Sydney, but whatever. The only one that Craig seems to have a problem with is Billy. And Billy has an equally big chip on his shoulder with Craig. So they're bowling, and Jennifer and Sam go to get some beers, and they start arguing, and, and like, you know, like they're, like, tackling each other on the bowling floor by the time Jennifer and Sam get back. And then it's basically, like, the storm is over, and, and now they're, they're buds. Like, they've worked through their shit, and it now they're friends. It was kind of like, have you ever seen two brothers, like, sort yeah, of, like, beat the shit out of each other, yeah. and then all of a sudden they're like, you're my best friend, no, you're my best friend, let's go, yeah. you know, it was... Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was kind of like that. Yeah, which, honestly, if it was other characters, I might be more invested in, but because they're both so stupid, I just don't care. No, the whole thing was dumb with a capital D. I loathed that moment. Loathed it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. 
I was just hung up on something else. Well, now uh, I now I think I know what you thought was hamfisted, yeah. and I feel like this whole storyline then. But you're right, and I kind of feel like this whole storyline was hamfisted, and and again didn't really make much sense except to position it, except to sort of like position this as why is Billy showing, you know, why is Craig showing up to Billy's bachelor party? Um, yeah, although I think you're talking about something else still. Uh, but it's something oh, else. Oh, we're still talking about something different? Uh, okay. Yeah, also, I guess one of the things that as they were, this fight was, this stupid fight was escalating, is Billy said that Craig taking the glove to, um, the cauterizing glove um, to Amanda for her to do the advertising for. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like that was setting her up for failure and that's part of what like precipitates the fight but now they're laughing they get along and uh billy decides that craig is going to be his best man but then he and and he's like sam can't jennifer be your maid of honor and sam's like no she can't because don't you remember my best friend connie from art school is going to be which is all the way you know like most adults that are engaged talk about planning their wedding with no clue about who's going to be their best man or maid of honor or who your wife's long-term best friend is. Like, okay, fine. That all makes sense to me. Um, and then we cut to New York. Um, the actress Megan Ward, who is a fairly big deal in the 90s, um, plays, is that her name, Connie, or did I make that up? No, it's Connie. Wait, who was okay. Megan Ward, though? I have absolutely no idea who she is. She was in the movie PCU. Um... If I think about it long enough, I'll remember another couple of TV guest roles that she had, or like small term arcs. Uh, ended up also moving to General Hospital in the aughts for several years as well. Never hugely famous, never like a go-to pick, but a Gen X performer. Okay. Uh, it will come to me later on because I remember like naming like five things she did back when I saw her again. Um, and so we see her in New York and she's looking at photos, uh, from college with Sam and Connie says something like about how she means business and she's going to come in and ruin Sam's life. Um, yeah, that's right. So that was what I was referring to because it's so stupid and like, they don't need, they don't need an outside character to come. They barely need what we have. I'm fine with them being our ancillary characters now, right? So, like, I don't need some. I don't need them to finally get married, and now you've already introduced a new antagonist. Like, there are enough roaming uh, around the outskirts of Melrose Place as is. But also, again, even more so than they've done with Poop, like they spilled the beans. Like, she's not gonna come, and we slowly realize that she's out to do some right. sort of We know. We know. we know she's coming and she's bad news bears. We don't know anything else about her, but we know she's coming with an agenda. Get ready. Um, okay. Well, except so, for me because I forgot, but yeah. <laughs> um, so then we get to the world's worst bachelor party. Um, oh. And at first I thought it was actually taking place at Melrose Place, but no, we're in a hotel room. Um, even Kyle is there. I know uh, Kyle shows up. What? Kyle, who's got his hands full, um, is and and like Kyle and Craig, you know, like don't really overlap. They don't align. So like he doesn't need to be there. Either. Um, 
it would make more sense for Michael to be there because it's at least, you know. Oh, I guess I'm, I'm saying it wrong because it's Billy's. It's Billy's. Yeah, um, it's Billy, so it's not Craig. But more more reason why maybe yeah. Michael could be there because they do have a history with Billy. But but whatever. So they're being loud, and I guess they keep getting reprimanded. And a hotel employee comes up to tell them that like they they need to lower their volume. And um, and so then it's the next morning. And Connie shows up, um, and I guess Sam and Billy have also not talked about the fact that, like, she's going to be staying with them in the second bedroom, the old Allison bedroom, so that's a surprise to Billy, and um, meanwhile, across the pool, Jennifer comes downstairs to see that hotel employee leaving Craig's apartment, so he is not being faithful to Jennifer. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And so, you know, Jennifer kind of confronts him. Of course, um, as she certainly would. And then, but then that that kind of fizzles out there, that she confronts him and we don't have any sort of, like, whatever with those two. Well, he's not very contrite about it. He's like, I never made you any promises. I don't owe you anything. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's that. All right. I don't care. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, we have kind of like a lot according to my notes, but I like, I just, I can't really care about this storyline. I this, know. Well, which one? Is, Take your pick. Let's do the one that's not our cliffhanger first. So the episode opens with this one. So let's start out with Peter. He's bailed Coop out of jail, remember, because he hit Michael in the hospital. And... And Michael has just survived a uh, near shooting at the beach house. So he pulls up to the jail. Timing is impeccable. And, and says that Coop must have put a woman up to dressing like Kimberly and shooting at him. Um, he's like, who would want to kill me? And it's like the whole cast. Yeah. <laughs> who wouldn't want to kill you, Michael, at this point? Yeah. So meanwhile, back at Melrose, as... Coop is on his way back to his apartment. Marion, Kimberly's mom, comes out of the bushes um, and basically admits it was him. And Coop, like, admonishes her. And he's like, you can't do this. You have to go back to Cleveland. You need serious help. And um, and he gets her to give, get yes, gets her to give him the gun that she is carrying. Yeah. So so now basically it's going to be like now it's Kimberly's, you know, Kimberly's crazy. Well, you know, Kimberly's mom is crazy. Yeah. And is, and this, she, is this tying back to what you wanted to say yet about season four? No, it, it was kind of like more of an overall um, overall mm -hmm. thing uh, mm -hmm. rather than an individual storyline that I was thinking about. So yeah. we can address that at the end. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. So um, then we have uh, a misdirect. Michael, again, goes back to the beach house, and he sees a figure coming toward him, and this time he gets the better of them. He tackles her, only it's Megan, who, like, showed up to see if Michael was okay, because she hadn't heard from him all night. Yeah. So, gotcha. <laughs> Just kidding, you know. <laughs> um, and then Coop comes to Lexi at Peter's, and they, like, rehash their past and 
you know, he's like, he, I'm washing my hands of you. You're Peter's problem. Um, and then she goes to take more pills. Yeah. So then separately, Megan arrives at work because Megan has deduced that Eric, who we'll get to later, is a chief scumbag and she's going to start working for Burns Mancini or whatever. Burns Mancini, Cooper, Coop, whatever it is. Again, she overhears Coop on the phone making arrangements and these make him sound threatening. Um, so... He, like, he asked her how much she's heard, and she kind of confronts him about some stuff, and he denies everything. He just warns her, like, don't let Michael hurt you, because he will. Yeah. So now this is at the point where Coop is making moony eyes at Megan. You caught that. Yes, he yeah. is. Yeah. So, so now we're starting to, like, the, the writers are dropping hints that something may be uh, brewing between Coop and Megan, or at least on That's Coop's right. side of things. That's well, so far it seems to be more on Coop's side. Yeah. 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 Um, we come back from commercial, and Lexi is talking to one of her doctors here, um, and they're onto her, and that she's got an addiction, and she's like, I just need you to renew my prescription. And they're like, No. And, yeah. and, um, the doctor does prescribe a treatment program. And she's like, no. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> um, so then Megan comes by Coop's apartment to, to get something signed for work. Um, funny that they seem to do more work at their home than they do in the offices, but it's Melrose. Uh, he gets a call, and while he's busy taking the call, she snoops through his bag and sees Marion's gun. Um... And also a plane ticket. So then Coop leaves, and she calls Michael and and is following Coop. And they deduce that he is going to the airport, and he's got this mystery woman with him. Um, and very quickly, Michael is able to get to the airport, which is amazing, because it's L.A. and traffic. Um, they realize at the airport that it's Marion, that it's Kimberly's mom, and they confront her. And she's crying, and... She apologizes, and they kind of all reach a detente. Like, Coop acknowledges that, like, he knew Kimberly, he loved Kimberly, he blamed Michael for everything bad that happened to Kimberly, including her brain tumor, which is fine. But he forgives him, he's ready to move on, it's time for all of them to move on. And Marion says that she is, too, going to get help, and she boards uh, her flight. Lexi continues to go through withdrawal, she looks terrible. Um, Coop sees her he had already given her a bunch of prescription renewals and offers her to write a new one but says uh, that she needs some stability in her life uh, well boy did she pick the wrong show for that yeah. um, she begs him not to tell Peter and he's like fine but you owe me which alright yeah, because um, he basically says that, like, he wants to get off the alimony train. <laughs> um, all right, so here's where it picks up a bit, because you're like, oh, Kimberly's mom already flew back to Cleveland, and we're only at the halfway point of the episode. Well, here we are at the hospital, and the nurse tells Coop that there's a call for him. Um, turns out that the Cleveland-bound flight had to make an emergency landing for weather, I believe, in Chicago. And she 
deplaned and no one knows where she is. Um, and and Coop tells Michael this. So they have uh, security out in the hospital while while all three of our stooge doctors are going to be doing the surgery that is like the debut of the cauterizing <laughs> glove. And it's, Peter is wearing it, but we've got Coop and Michael like basically flanking him on either side. And Megan is walking around the hospital. I'm not sure why she has to do any work in the hospital. She's there a lot um, rather than at the office. Um, and the guard tells Megan that Marion is at large. Um, and all of a sudden, there we see Marion. She's like just coming out of an office in the hospital. No one notices her. No one has like seen her enter or exit this room. Um, and then she changes into scrubs and she's walking around and she bumps into Megan while she's about to en enter the OR where Peter and the other stooges are with the cauterizing love. And like a split second after she bumps into her, Megan realizes that it's Mrs. Shaw in disguise, and she goes into the OR to warn them, and in the chaos that ensues, Marion storms the OR and lunges for Michael, but Megan jumps in to protect Michael, and Megan gets stabbed instead, like yes. in the abdomen. Yes. Bad, but not dead. Um, and so they, they take her away, and I think Coop is the one that goes with Megan because Michael and Peter have to stay and finish the surgery. I I know Peter must. I think Michael has to also. But and that's and Coop goes with Megan. Am I okay, wrong? I don't I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. I don't think it's particularly consequential either way. But what we see Oh no, I think it's because Coop takes her to surgery because Michael can't Oh, because, on, his, his on, on his wife like he can't do you know like he has oh he's still because of rules because of yeah, like, like you, oh, you okay. should never operate on like your spouse or like a family member or what like okay. that's like not okay. not what doctors do like you you really shouldn't because you're you're, you're too close to. yeah you're right. like you're too close um but ultimately and they don't show the scene but we find megan to be in a coma it turns out she had an, an allergic reaction to the anesthesia which whoops but okay it, um what? And I think they actually even say something like a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like it's something like a surprise allergic reaction. <laughs> oh, guys. Oh, you crazy doctors. I know. Um, and, but Michael wants to stay with Megan, but he has a chief of staff meeting to go to. And Peter offers to cover the staff meeting, but Michael refuses to give him any ground. So off he goes, and Coop keeps watch on Megan. And yeah. so because of that thing that you honed in on, um, yes, they seem to be building for a Coop-Megan match. Meanwhile, the uh, police have apprehended Kimberly's mom. I'm pretty sure that that is uh, the last we see of her. I could be wrong. They may finish that storyline off with, like, one final scene next episode. But really, like, the damage they brought her out to do is done. We're done with Kimberly at this point. Finally, yes. You were going to say something else. Well, yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. I, I'm kind of intrigued by the Coop Megan pairing. Yeah, I am because ultimately neither one of them is a bad guy. That's so this what could I was be thinking. a nice couple. 
And I think it's sort of interesting because they clearly sent Coop into L.A. to be the bad guy. They sent this they sent this character into Melrose to be the bad guy. Like he showed up and he was going to create havoc in Michael's life. And that actually never really ended up happening. No. And the havoc that did end up happening is more because of Marion than right than him. Than, than him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and, and, you know, apart from like, you know, him showing up and being a little shady it, that didn't amount to anything, and he actually turned out to be kind of a nice guy. Yeah, I mean, the things that he's done that are bad are no worse, you know, they're rivaled by everyone else. He's not more nefarious than Peter, he's not as much of a man whore as Michael, you know, like, supporting his wife's, or ex-wife's drug habit, like, isn't, isn't the worst thing we've seen people do on this show. Right. Um, and he seems like he actually might be a smarter doctor than the other two also. Oh. Like, I don't know. I don't know how much they really unpack that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of, I am, that, that is the one thing that sort of intrigues me. And frankly, I'm, I'm a little, I hate to say this because I love Thomas Calabro. I'm a little sick of Michael's antics. Oh, I'm so sick of it. They're fun, but they are redundant at this point. Yeah, at this point, you know, and the only time I enjoy it is when he's with Jennifer. Yeah. You know, that yeah, if they could have, and they may still, but I don't know, uh, like if they could have really paired him up with Taylor for more hijinks, like there's opportunity there, but I don't think they mind that. Right, right. So the whole thing just kind of feels, ugh. You know, and it's so funny too, because all of the, all of the cheating that Michael has done, like never, I never really like disliked him until the whole Taylor thing happened. And then I was just like, oh, I don't know, bridge too far, bridge too far. Well, it was just so, like, rushed and inorganic, the way it happened. Like, yeah. you know, they usually plant seeds, but this was whole, like, well, I gotta get pregnant, let's have sex. I gotta get pregnant. Like, you guys are the two horniest characters on the show. <laughs> like, there's gotta be a less harried way to have you, like, get in the sack. Yeah, yeah. It was terrible, actually. But anyway, like, yeah. What did it really yield in the end? Nothing. Because Megan was always going to leave him. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, ultimately, I'm I'm just sort of, like, really bored with him at this point. And like I said, if it, unless he's with Jennifer, because those scenes are, scenes are fun. Yeah, they're really fun together. But but when he's on his own or when he's trying to chase after Megan or he's like, I'm just like, I'm so I'm so tired of it. Yeah. And I'm, did, just, did he leave the show or did he stay till the bitter end? He's the one of the entire cast that's in every single episode. Season. He stayed till the bitter end. He's Bless there till the end. Yeah. Bless his heart. Um, all right. Final, final, final. So now we go to Kyle's, and he's telling everyone that this is the restaurant's last night, because uh, Eric has bought it out, and here we are. Um, and then Eric pulls up in his limo, right as Amanda, who is there and is, like, fed up at what she's seeing and, you know, burdened by the fact that if she sacrifices her soul, she might be able to save something, uh, save Kyle's uh, restaurants. She goes outside just as Eric pulls up magically in his limo. And he, again, throws his offer out there that it's not too late. Um, she can save Kyle if she sleeps with him. Um... She says no. And then we see her at uh, Amanda Woodward Advertising, and she signs the business over to Eric, just as Kyle comes in and says, like, he, like, begs Eric. He's like, you can do whatever you want to me, 
the Letter Keeper Company. And Eric, who is there with at least two, I, I presume, lawyers, um, is very blatant about this indecent proposal thing. Um, he's like, I'm extending the deadline. I mean, he needs a sex deadline for Amanda to sleep with him. He's saying it basically in front of all these people and everyone is onto it except for Kyle. Um, you know, he's like, uh, I'm giving Amanda another chance. I've extended the deadline. Um, and Kyle's like, what is this deadline? And Amanda is just frustrated with the whole thing. Even after Eric and his men leave, she's like, all you did was buy me two more days of hell. Leave me alone. Right. Um, and then later, Taylor and Kyle and Amanda are again at Kyle's, and Taylor proposes a toast to selfishness. Um, <laughs> keep in mind, a lot of the episode has gone by during this time. That's We see a little bit of Amanda at the beginning, and then we're back close to the very end of the episode when we catch up to them again with this toast. Um, and then Billy shows up and he says, yeah, Amanda and I are off to go see a client, even though it's figured like 8, 9, 10 p.m. at night. Um, and Kyle's like, that's great. And Amanda's like, yeah, this might be some n new business. He's really supportive. So everything seems healthy and kind of on the up and up. Um, but of course, Billy and Amanda leave. And as they're walking out, Billy goes to his car and Amanda has just asked him to come uh, as part of a ruse so that Kyle does not wonder where she is because she's planning to be gone. She is going to go to Eric's. Um, and Amanda basically explains this to Billy uh, while Taylor is also outside and within earshot. So she hears all of this while Amanda does go to Eric. Um, she... She reviews all the papers, she signs, he gives her champagne. Uh, then she starts to cry and he stops and he says, he makes her stop. He goes, no, I can't do this. Not if you're going to cry, stop mm -hmm. crying. Not that he's not going to proceed. He's telling her to stop crying. Yeah, he's basically so, like, go clean yourself up and so we can do this. So we can continue. <laughs> exactly. Um, meanwhile, Taylor finally tells Kyle everything. Uh, and Kyle calls Billy. Um who just gets back home while Connie and Sam are like trying on dresses. So since they're kind of busy, Billy is the one who picks up the phone and that's all Kyle needs to hear to know that it was indeed a lie. Billy isn't with Amanda. Ergo, Amanda must be in bed with Eric. Um, and we get back to the hotel suite and Kyle, excuse me, Eric and Amanda are in bed. Looks like they're undressed. Looks like they possibly just had sex. Uh, and Kyle knocks into his way into the the hotel room um and you know amanda is telling kyle to stop and eric is like nothing actually happened but kyle's beating the shit out of eric and he's like no matter what you're dead and they end up on the balcony and kyle like kicks him out the window and it ends with eric dangling over the hotel balcony in his tiny little bathroom um and eric is basically begging Amanda to say that they didn't have sex, I think, um, because his life is hanging in the balance. You know, we see him dangling the pool, floors beneath him, that sort of thing. So that is our cliffhanger. Yes. Uh, that is where all of this nonsense with Eric has gotten us to. He, so he's not dead yet. So he's not dead yet. You know, we've seen Jess and Jake take a fall, and you know, as long as you land on someone else, chances are you're going to be fine. So. <laughs> I don't know if there's anybody for him to land on, but I okay. mean, four innocent bystander by the pool. 
Oh dear. So okay, here's here's what I was here's what I think I was thinking as I finished watching this episode. And again, not terrible, but just kind of eh, right? It's just it's just playing by a new set of rules from week to week. Consistent yeah. now with its own new set of rules. Right. And so I was kind of thinking in, about it and I was like, you know, Season four was frustrating and it was bananas and it was like, what the hell? And it was, um, God knows I hated it, but at least like they, I like, I kind of feel like at least they were trying and it just, it was just, they weren't getting it right, but they were trying. This feels very phoned in. Yeah. And I think the difference is, well, I guess it's a couple. Cosmetically, it was at least we had our original characters around in season four, even when the storylines were nonsensical. But it's also, um, like, even when we criticized the writers before, I feel like now we're also, we have to acknowledge a certain amount of laziness on the actors' part. And it's right. not all of them. Like, I still say that, like, Heather Locklear is doing stronger work than she has been, in, like, before seasons five and six. But, and, you know... We like Thomas Calabro, say. But it's a combination of, like, extended phoniness and laziness on the part of the actors and the writers, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, because it just, you know, I, I think that, it, again, like, season four was awful, but at least I felt like they were trying, and they were trying to make it, uh, you know, over the top, and they were trying, they were trying really hard, and this now just feels like, nah, they, they're just, they're, they don't care. You know, and it's, yeah. and it's become, That's my memory of the whole season. yeah, and that it's just kind of become like any, and it's really daytime soapy now. And that's sort of like where it, 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 it's like living in daytime soap land. Yeah. And I think one of the differences there is, I mean, nutty or not, I didn't always know where the earlier season storylines were going to end up. Right. But I feel like now, and like you often find in the daytime world, like, we pretty much know where each of these storylines are going to go. Like, there's so far really not been any surprise. And I don't think there are many surprises to come in the next few weeks either. The storylines may grow, they may conclude and move on, but I think, like, we anticipate what those next steps are. Correct me if I'm wrong as the season moves along. No, I, yeah, I mean, so far I would say, yeah. And, you know, it kind of reminds me, like, this sort of season four versus season six, right? It kind of reminds me of that. Well, you know, when you do a creative work, right, you either want, you want the reactions to be one way or the other because that means that you did something right. Either you're going to love it or you're, you're going to have the people that love it, you're going to have the people that hate it. Um, but, but you've moved them to feel something. You've moved them to feel yeah. something. This here, nobody's being moved to anything. Like, it's yeah. like, I, I watch each episode and I go, eh, it's all right. Eh, it's all right. Like, there, there, there's very little that I'm kind of actively hating, which I definitely was act actively hating all of season four, um, which is, you know, which is basically saying to me, like, yeah, they, they're just done. They're done. Yeah, I think they're all, you know, fulfilling an obligation, filling time, claiming their checks. You know, it's hard to cancel a show just because of lack of inspiration. Every year, you charge more <laughs> from advertisers, and every year, like, everyone's salaries get higher, so you might as well just keep showing up. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just not inspiring for the audiences anymore. That's, yeah, that's all. 
and the studios are like, yeah, okay, we'll keep paying you, keep churning it out. They don't yeah. seem too, they don't seem too worried. So, all right. So, so that's so that's where we are. Before we sign off and head to the boulevard, I just wanted to say, you know what I um, read somewhere over the weekend. I don't remember where. Uh, Laura Layton is going to be joining the upcoming season of the Dynasty reboot that Grant Show was on. Oh. Now I haven't. Have you been we, keeping up with it? No, I no. I watched the first two episodes when it aired early on in uh, our life story of our podcast. Uh, I think they probably they're like five seasons deep. This may be season six, and I've seen two episodes. But I may give an episode a shot just to see the the reunion and how much those two characters specifically might interact. Remember, Grant Show and Laura Layton dated in real life during Melrose Place, so that's an extra reason to, to see it now. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I feel like that, that'll be kind of a lot to catch up on for that show, too, because it's it's been around for a, a while now. I mean, you know, I'll watch the, the previously on introduction for one episode, and that'll tell me what I need to know to follow the episode, and Whatever storylines have happened in the interim that I've missed, I don't need to be told about. <laughs> okay. We'll be where we'll be. Okay. So, should we go? Yeah, we should go. You guys, it's been fun. Uh, wish you a continuing happy, healthy June. And we will be back next week with more Melrose, and we'll find out the fate of one Eric Baines when we return to the block. Here we go. Bye. Okay. Later.